to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. What's up, fam? What's up, Rashawn? What I do? How are you doing, friends? Good. Good. Everyone feeling ready? Oh. <laughs> Always ready. I stay so ready, ready, baby. So, I'm so ready. ready. Let's just fight already. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he wants to get right into it. <laughs> well, we're all going to be on our best behavior because we have company today. Are we? We have an amazing guest. Yo! Please welcome to the show, Miss Kayla Pavia. Hello. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great Doing now that you're great. here. <laughs> oh, I like that answer a lot. <laughs> good answer. So you have quite the history with all of us really this group yeah yeah uh why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do how you know us what's your deal sure what's your sign (laughs) oh girl okay well i'm a fiery sagittarius i like long walks on the beach no um (laughs) uh yeah i have a a, a history with this group i love all of you individually we've met at different times in the last 10 years. I've been here in LA for 10 years now. But Rashawn and I actually met working at a pizza joint many moons ago. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And technically, he was my boss in a way. And I'm sure I was the worst employee ever. But you know, that happens. (laughs) And then we were co-bosses for a bit. And then we were co-bosses. And that was great. And I was a terrible co-boss. But you know, (laughs) life works out. Uh, (laughs) But then that's how I know Carmela is through Rashawn. Carmela would come in a lot. And then I actually met Lacey and Josh through a mutual friend of mine that I grew up with in Connecticut, Eddie Firth. Shout out to Eddie Firth. Shout out, Eddie. What up, Eddie? <laughs> he created, uh, co-created Historical Roast, um, and that has been on Netflix. And I actually met Lacey and Josh at the taping of that show. I actually don't know how all of you guys know each other. We don't. This is our first time meeting everyone. Oh, my God. So fun. Bringing people together. (laughs) By tearing each other apart. Right. This is a Craigslist ad, actually. (laughs) It worked out. What did I get myself into? Awesome. So thank you for being on the show, first of all. Thanks for having me. Obviously, you're here because you love movies just as much as we do. I have a feeling you're going to fit right in. So hold back no punches. Oh, don't worry. Have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) We've all uh, garnered some pretty thick skin over the last few months together. Mm -hmm. So just let it let it fly. Let it all fly. Ready. We always like to start nice. Well, sometimes. Yeah. So let's start with this. What movie made you a cinephile? So it's more than just the film itself. I think it was the experience of seeing this film. But when I was seven, I have two older cousins on my um, dad's side of the family. And our grandparents would always take us to films on the weekends growing up. And I begged my grandparents and somehow swindled them into taking me to see Titanic at seven in the theater. And that changed the game. That changed everything. I think at that point, I'd been living off a steady diet of Disney movies and whatever you can get your hands on as a kid. Um, And Titanic was the first film, first experience. I remember being like, oh, you could, you know, really build a world. This is really... Mm-hmm. an experience it was more than a film to me back then and then that's even part I think of what made me want to become an actor too it was a lot of those performances in that film that's a good answer yeah good answer mm-hmm. yeah, dang. yeah. All right. thanks girl <laughs> for one million dollars what movie could you quote from start to finish definitely hocus pocus yes, yes. That would I be. love it but I on those lines I will say 
the movie that I probably quote the most would be Step Brothers. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to yeah. the show. <laughs> Did we all just become best friends? <laughs> yup. Yes. All right, let's ruin that. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> so it's time to pick a bone. Choose, so of the episodes you've listened to of ours, is there something you fully disagree with or agree with that you that you want to pick a scab? You want to rehash some old words? Yeah, Josh is ready because he knows I'm about to agree with him, and I think he's very, very thrilled about this. Like it. a shark um, in the water, baby. Yeah, he smells it. In listening back to the Titanic episode, there was some talk about Cal. Let's go. Don't do this. Let's fucking we were, go. We started Let's off so go. good, Kayla. I know, I know, and I love you guys so much, but I got to say it. Look, we know Cal is a despicable, deplorable human who is selfish in every right. Whether he knows he did a good deed by saving that girl, saving. You don't need air quotes. Or whether he doesn't, which he clearly doesn't know. He's using it to his own advantage. He still saved that girl. Thank you. Because she would have died on that boat. She I don't would've. think she would have gotten sick on the boat back to New York. I think they did end up putting her in an orphanage. Maybe that's my brain just like hoping for the best. But How do we know that that wasn't Little Orphan Annie? We don't. We don't. We don't. She was not a redhead. That's how we know. So <laughs> she was like strawberry Little Orphan blonde. Annie could have dyed her hair. Yeah, but is Orphan Annie an actual redhead? It's a wig. It's yeah. a wig. It's a good wig. <laughs> but it's a wig. <laughs> I'm just like so disappointed by that. I'm just Don't like be. I have no argument. Are we wrong? No. Respectfully, yes, you're wrong. Yeah. You wrong. You wrong for that. Welcome to the show. You're wrong. He saved her. He did save her. I mean, that girl Period. was going to die on that boat. That's what we're riding on is that he We don't know that. Women and children I'm not first. saying he's a great dude by any stretch of the imagination, but that girl was going to go down with that ship. He gave her a second chance. She was frozen like a popsicle, dude. She was we not moving. That. We don't know he that. her up and brought her to the boat. Rewriting movies. Call her Elsa because she was fro- fro- frozen solid. Okay. Goodbye, Josh. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Kayla's replacing me permanently full time. Goodbye, Josh. Goodbye, Kayla. I'll show myself out now. It's been great, you guys. All right. So... In keeping with the the hostility we've <laughs> we've cultivated, our amazing guest, what are we fighting about today? Oh, my friends, we are going to talk about a great film from two thousand and nine called Jennifer's Body. Yeah. Oh God. Jesus Christ. Go, go. Here we go. Here we go. Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean she's actually evil, not high school evil. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Why Chip? You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? I you only murdered boys. I go both ways. So Jennifer's Body is a 2009 horror comedy directed by Karen Kasama. And written by Academy Award winner Diablo Cody. It stars Megan Fox, Amanda Seyfried, Adam Brody, Johnny Simmons, J.K. Simmons, and Amy Sedaris. It tells the story of Jennifer and Needy, two best friends whose bond is put to the test when Jennifer is turned into a succubus with an appetite for teenage boys. I dig the fuck out of jennifer's body of course you do yeah surprise surprise (laughs) (laughs) it's right up my alley it's dripping in horror it's funny it's got a tight script it's uh everything i know and love about movies i'm ready everything most of what i like about movies yeah i think this is just like a nugget of a of a movie and I think Jennifer's body was ahead of its fucking time. I agree. I don't. 
I think it was right right on time. I'm going to bypass all these stupid noises and talk to <laughs> Kayla. What do you think about Jennifer's body? I loved this movie when it came out in 2009. I agree that it was ahead of its time. I don't think anybody was ready for... I don't think anybody was having the conversations about the themes in this movie yet. I think, obviously, you're looking at friendship love. You're looking at deep love between two girls that is either romantic or friendship. You're looking at men using women, sacrificing them, basically, in order for their own advancement. So you have so many themes that I think 10 years later now really make this film stand out and i think that's why it's become a cult classic over the last 10 years agreed i'll I'll give you that that the themes are definitely ahead of its time i would like this movie rewritten now that 100 because the jokes the dialogue christ it's clunky and and of course i've talked about this before i'm not going to hold the jokes against it because there are no comedies there there aren't no but there are very few comedies whose jokes all age well so i'm not going to hold that against it but man some <laughs> of that dialogue was <laughs> really really fucking brutal it, it's baffling to me because the dialogue in juno and maybe it's just because juno is so specific and i don't want to i'm going to try to avoid comparing this movie to juno because that's what diablo won for academy war for correct for screenwriting yeah juno um, so I don't want to spend too long comparing the two, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of because, hard not to, not to. It really is. Because, and again, maybe it's just because it was Elliot Page and Michael Sarah, and they are so good at that, like crisp, witty dialogue, and and the the high school in the world that Diablo created for Juno was so different than this sort of hyper hyper emphasized sort of teen drama high school. Megan Fox does a, an admirable job with the dialogue she has to say, and I think Amanda Seyfried is incredible in this movie. I actually think she's leaps and bounds the best part. But as soon as I thought I was really digging it, there was just a shitty one line. Like, what's the line about her being wet? Oh, you give me such a wetty. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> Is that an attempt at, like, is that Diablo trying to come up with brand new teen slang? Is that what Diablo thinks teen slang was? I don't know. It it pulled me right out. That is, like, one of my main gripes with this movie. I wrote down, because I took notes for this one, you oh, guys. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Oh, girl. That's... Because I give this movie a C plus. Okay. So, hey, the, C's did the, get degrees. The you know? plus <laughs> is because I didn't hate it. I've seen this movie before. But Josh said it perfectly. It is so clunky. And I feel like the little witty things was written by a quote unquote cool mom who was like, (laughs) yeah, this is what teens are going to say at this age. And it's like, you kind of want to like, you know, you like it. There's some things that I love. Like right now in the chat, my name is Shuddy. Like I love little cute things like that. But I feel like. It didn't land. And again, to compare it to Juno, I'm only going to try to compare it once, is like, yes, it works so well in that movie because it's so particular. But this one kind of feels like the watered-down version of that script. Tag Even me though ba- it's tag not me back the... in. Tag me back in. Tag you back in. Thank you. Uh, y- y'all, made a, y'all made a Transformer out of Camilla and Josh. That was a mistake. Uh... <laughs> Nobody's afraid of y'all. I think Mela hit the nail on the head is that in Juno, the dialogue works so well because the characters are speaking like adults. It's funny because it's these adolescent looking kids that have this insane vocabulary and this insane wit and they're talking like adults. When in this one, it's like salty, <laughs> salty. <laughs> no, look, it works in Juno so well because everyone in that world speaks like that that is Mm -hmm. just the world that she establishes and jennifer's body it's just jennifer and needy who have this lingo between the two of them and nobody else in the movie talks like that so it's supposed to be jarring and not as hip and cool as what juno has because 
nobody really understands how these two teenage girls speak to each other. Well, then it she even has worked. to she even has to explain to her boyfriend what salty means because this is just a language that the two of them have because they are on the same wavelength and nobody else is. I don't even think they're on the same wavelength. And that's why I have a fucking problem with it is that these two quote unquote best friends. I'm gonna get into it. I feel like this movie is about toxic friendship. <laughs> and this is why her ass got turned into a motherfucking sucky bitch, bitch. This is what happens when you treat your friend like shit. <laughs> a demon's gonna come for your ass That's and then why. look what happens. <laughs> I don't feel that they're at this point in their life that they are tight. She paints this picture of that they were sandbox friends. And then I think they're at this age where there's like a fork in the road. Where it's like Needy is with her boyfriend. She's doing her own thing. She's not necessarily cool. And she knows that she's not cool. And she's really not trying to be on Jennifer's level. She's just like, eh, this is what it is. And that's what she does. And that's where I'm like, she's trying to like get this lingo. But it's not really in her vernacular anymore. See, but I think it's clear that from very early on, we're shown that Needy, Needy is hopelessly in love with Jennifer hopelessly in love and i don't mm-hmm. think it's a it's not that jennifer is not in love with her back jennifer is very aware that she can manipulate those feelings yeah in needy and get what she mm-hmm. wants and i think that ties into one of the most misunderstood moments in the film is it was heavily marketed as megan fox sex pot come watch this movie two girls make out look at this clip but that moment when you watch the film it's more about the manipulation between the two and it's more about Jennifer still trying to just get whatever Jennifer wants because that's who she is. Yeah. I wish we would have had more time with Jennifer pre-Succubus because I feel like that whole introduction, the whole beginning of the movie is focused on Needy. Like Needy is very clearly our protagonist. But the whole friendship and relationship to me, feels like Regina and Katie. Like, there's no... But without any of the vulnerability that we get from Rachel McAdams' uh, Regina, like, it just feels like a manipulative relationship. I don't get why they're still friends. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she makes a comment, Needy makes a comment to her boyfriend, like, well, we've been friends forever. Like, that's just... That's who we are. Like, that's our friendship. But, like, we're so thrown into the demon and the succubus situation that I don't ever see why they're still friends aside from Needy being in love with her. It's very clear that she's in love with her but doesn't know what to do with those feelings and those emotions. When that moment came in the movie when Needy and Jennifer really made out I understood what was not even going on Needy said. It felt like the wrong place in the movie to put it. It felt it felt like it was too late in the movie to happen. All of this stuff had happened to Needy via Jennifer and Needy was starting to figure it out but she still fell for it there and I don't know, it felt like that needed to happen earlier and because it happened so late, it just kind of felt unearned and just kind of crowbarred in there just to have the two stars macking on each other. I think what you guys are all saying is as a negative, I think is, is a positive about what the movie's not about the test of a friendship. It's about the disillusion of a relationship. Like they're growing apart Mm -hmm. and yes, it's, it's stuck in this trapping of a genre movie about, you know, a demon and a possessed high school girl but at the end of the day, this is about two or one person realizing that she's outgrowing her friend mm-hmm. after they've both kind of had these sexual awakenings in different situations. And that moment on the bed is after they've both kind of sexually awakened, they have this moment on the bed where they're meeting and Needy realizes that her friend is, she finally realizes that her feelings are being manipulated. Because Jennifer does all that to kind of distract her from the fact that she saw her bloody 
running out of the woods after she just killed someone else. And so she uses everything that she knows about Needy to kind of distract all that and just be like, look, this is what I do now. Like, this is how I am. I kill boys when I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. They just... make me glowy and pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that scene, like when she says, she's like, they make me glowy. They make me pretty. This is like just who I am now. I want that movie like i want her to like find this out about herself and be like yeah i'm a fucking boss ass bitch after i meet the after i eat all these men and then needy be like all right bet let me help you out like (laughs) that's the movie that i want because i i love like the whole point of her just like i only eat boys and they make me pretty like i think that's just like so simple it works so well but then i all of this other stuff, I'm just like, eh, clunky. I agree with you to an extent, Mella, and I I want to preface this with, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Like, I laughed multiple times throughout it. Like, I think it's a well-done horror comedy, especially for the time period. But I don't feel like they committed to whether this is all succubus or this is Jennifer and a succubus or if it's just succubus. I was never sure, and that really didn't work for me. Mm. Sometimes it was like, okay, she's a demon now. Like, that's, as soon as she was killed, it's the succubus that took over. But then there are moments throughout between the girls where I'm like, wait, is Jennifer in control? And it's just like a succubus is using her body? Or I don't get it. Like, I don't understand that part of it. Um, and I feel like that comes across a lot in Megan Fox's incredible performance. I think she is so highly underrated and does so well in this movie. But I don't think she knew either <laughs> when she was Jennifer, when she was a demon, when she was both. And I that was really unclear for me. I think it's more, for me, I think it's like, she is clearly possessed by this evil entity. And I think the closer we see her get to being hungry, that's when the demon starts to come out more and more. I think I think it's both. So I think she's fully Jennifer. I think she's fully aware of what's happening, but she has no control over it. And then I think her tendencies as an already manipulative person with not many friends, really one friend, Needy, I think all those bad things about her start to come out, and I think the demon just helps that in a way. I, I want to say first, I'm really liking all the thematic discussion we're having, but it's not specific and petty enough for me, so I'm going to start whittling it down a little bit. <laughs> like The theme is great, and we can debate the theme all day as, as, as movie lovers and film students. Can we be mature this week? No! <laughs> no, never! I did not expect for the mature episode to be my episode you guys give it time we're barely there um so a specific moment i i was kind of in Lacey's boat but calyx i mean i also kind of assumed that the hungrier she got the more the demon came out whatever whatever so i can write that off how is she so connected to the succubus how is needy like metaphysically connected not of course she had the visions but to the point where when she was going after Chip, like touching her lip and like feeling some of the same things that Jennifer felt, when the fuck did that happen? It's the necklace. What? Yeah. Is it a magical necklace? It was the necklace? I no. thought it was the sandbox it's... little cut thing. I mean, yeah, that. But they, I mean, they share a necklace, and that's yeah. I remember the necklace scene at the end when they're doing the uh, airborne dance, <laughs> but. <laughs> So what is it? Is it a magic necklace? Lipstick in my white Valentino bag. I don't get it. <laughs> what more do you like? They have a bond. They have a childhood friendship bond. They yeah. share a necklace. They had a little cute little blood oath when they were young in the sandbox. What more do you need? An ex. I don't. I, An explanation. <laughs> like I need. <laughs> Why? Because it was that's visually. Visually, you get you get it. You they show the necklaces. There's zoom ins on the necklaces. She touches her lips when Jennifer kisses someone. 
they have a bond. Like, that's, what do you need? This is a movie about a succubus. You that's need, more than a bond. That's a metaphysical connection. You need instructions? You, Marvel man, need instructions? <laughs> yeah, I have 50 years worth of instructions sitting in my closet right now. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Rashawn, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, this was probably like my fifth or sixth time. Jesus. Kayla, how many times have you seen this movie? Also my fifth or sixth time. Nerds. Mella. Second. Josh first, mine second. I will say on the, because I probably watched this movie three times in the last two days, (laughs) but I will say, because I hadn't seen it in so long and I do love it, but I did always wonder about that connection between them. And obviously this isn't some magical, mystical necklace, but in my second rewatch over the last couple days, I did start to look more at the necklace and be like, oh, so that is what's connecting them. But I still have questions about why it's this magical, mystical force and why Needy can, you know, sense what's going on with Jennifer. I don't always need like a full on explanation or an answer for things like that. You can, you know, I'm a, I'm simple. Like you just, <laughs> it says BFF. The other one says best BFF. I'll get it. But I did not put that together until right now when y'all said that. I literally thought it was like, oh, I pricked my hand. We did a blood oath. That would have been enough for me, but I feel like I honestly could have blinked and missed that part. So yeah, like the necklace thing, I'm not saying that it needed to be like a full on explanation, but just like a little bit more like the the tightness of it needed to be better. Or a choice, like that's it comes back with the succubus and the demon thing, like a choice of, okay, it happened in the sandbox, it's the blood oath, or seeing the moment of like, this necklace is what's connecting them. Like, that that's what the discussion is becoming right now. Was it the blood oath? Was it the necklace? Like, it's not clear. I do wonder if there were more young Needy and Jennifer scenes, because there's one scene that stands mm-hmm. out in particular where Needy's talking about when she sees Adam uh, Brody for the first time. And she's saying he looked like this petrified tree I saw when I was a kid. And then you see yeah. that flashback. Yeah. I wanted Thank more you. of that. Like what? Ha- like why are we being shown that just to be told that he looks like a petrified tree she once saw? You know, like I wanted more from that moment. And so I wonder, were there scenes that they did that maybe explained this more their connection, mm. and then they were cut later? I, I'm I'm pretty sure there was that more script to it. I don't know if they actually got to shoot it because there was a little. There was more of an explicit sexual relationship between the two of them. And I think at one point they actually did have sex. Hmm. But Needy and Jennifer? Needy and Jennifer. But hmm. I don't think they ended up shooting any of that. It was... But we get 10 minutes of Chris Pratt as a cadet. We didn't oh, need it. Oh, God. As a young cadet. On, on, there's not a single thing that that did for no. the movie at all. So, it basically just told us that she's not a backdoor yeah. virgin. Well, and she also says she has the cops in her back pocket. She could have, yeah, I, I remember that part, and she's like, I'm fucking a cadet or whatever, but she's like, she could have said that without us meeting yeah. Chris Pratt, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I he wasn't it. Chris Pratt at the time, you know what I mean? Like, he was just in the movie. Well, I know, that's what I mean, is we didn't, we didn't need that character like, at all. Like, he could have cut out that part to put in the things that were... We could have gotten more, we could have gotten more kid Jennifer Needy without, like, that line... I've got the police in my back pocket. I'm fucking a cadet or whatever she said, whatever the exact line is. I would have believed that without meeting yeah, the cadet. You just believe it because Jennifer. I mean, he has like two minutes screen time, you guys. That's two minutes. That's two we could have spent climbing the tree. If you cut him out of the band scene, that's yeah. like, that's nothing. What do you mean? You're acting like he the took up a whole chunk is, of the movie. The band scene is where the tree scene was. Take those two minutes. What was the tree for, He's dude? Just, she, maybe she was saying she likes skinny men. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> she is, I think she's trying to explain. No, this is a stretch. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> she, come on, let's hear it. I love a stretch. You got to go now. I love a stretch. She sees, this, she sees this man that she's lusted after and like worshipped for so long. And she kind of conflates it to this big scary overreaching thing that she saw from her childhood and i just think it's like a kind of like sexual 
curiosity fear that you have and you don't know that you have or how to sort it out until you've had sex like a lot of that is is because they talk about how she's not a virgin anymore but she lies about being a virgin and she just has so many questions about you know sex before she had sex and now she's not even a backdoor virgin you know what i mean so i think the moment she sees adam she's like yeah i remember i saw this big scary tree with all these branches i just think it's sex you know she saw okay so we're talking about sex yes <laughs> yes um i love johnny simmons i love chip's character i think he's so great in this he actually looks 14 where everyone else looks like they're in their early 20s mm-hmm. and that made everything sexual with him so uncomfortable for me like I felt like I should not be looking at the screen it did not work for me at all at all I mean it was it was supposed to be uncomfortable but not but for that reason I don't think, like in that way yeah I th- I mean yeah. They're supposed to be the same age. It's not. It's it's not supposed to be uncomfortable because one looks young. And can we stop? Like what, Josh? What? We, like <laughs> Amanda Seyfried is a bombshell. Oh, no. Can we stop doing this shit? What are you talking about? Like I'm so tired of like a low pony and tiny glasses. Okay. <laughs> like what are we doing? Can we stop <laughs> doing that? They nobody says that she's ugly or unwanted. Like she starts the movie with a boyfriend. I think they just do that to put her in comparison to Jennifer, who is, quote unquote, what you just said, a bombshell, because she's lusted after after all these men. It's the implication. It's the it's the she's wearing a backpack to lunch. What the hell? Like, I'm so sick of that fucking trope. But she's but she's not she's not unsexual. She literally like they talk about condoms and having sex and coming over the entire movie like but it's like huge nerdy band geek sex vibes not like she's a succubus i'm just so it's not even the this i'm not attacking this movie it's just the whole yeah because this movie doesn't do it you're wrong i'm not (laughs) but that's the the whole way (laughs) it's not uncomfortable because he is looks young like it shouldn't be uncomfortable because he looks young or like they're not supposed to be together or that she's in love with jennifer like the uncomfortable part of that scene should be oh my god i'm seeing this guy that i know and care about literally being torn apart while i'm having sex for the first time like that's where that's the uncomfortable side of it and that wasn't the uncomfortable part to me the uncomfortable part was chip the yeah, actor. yeah, the actor. Yeah. The actor. But I, 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 I don't think we can say that this big Hollywood production didn't know what they were doing when they cast young Johnny, looking Johnny Simmons. Like he looks that young for a reason. He's young. He looks younger than anybody else in the movie. What was the reason? That he's too young to be having sex. That entire scene is uncomfortable and it's supposed to be terrifying. Okay, I think it just adds to that like awkward high school sex. Yeah. I mean, anybody that had a serious relationship when they're a teenager in high school, I think sex is awkward. It's it's I think it just added to it, Johnny Simmons. I don't think it has anything to do with him looking too he does look young, Lacey. He looks young for sure. <laughs> and younger than the two of them. But I think it just adds to that awkwardness of being a kid and having like your first sexual experiences. But it detracted from what I feel the scene was trying to do. Like, I feel like that scene was trying to be about that connection between Jennifer and Needy. And like, okay, Jennifer's having this quote unquote succubus sexual encounter with what's his name? The Colin. Colin. Oh, sweet Colin. Colin. Oh, he's such a good character. But like Jennifer is having this sexual violent encounter and the contrast of like, this is supposed to be a sweet sexual experience between Needy and Chip. And like, it all just doesn't work. Like it's all just, I don't, it doesn't work for me. It just didn't work for me. For one second, I thought you were like giving a nickname to J.K. Simmons. 
I thought you were talking. <laughs> and I was like, Lacey, I feel as though. Johnny Kyle Simmons. <laughs> I did look up if they were related. I was very I too, yeah. upset to find out they're not. <laughs> I want to say to Chip, my guy, coming out the gate with a four-minute runtime. <laughs> Joshua! What? Not just some girl I made love to for four and a half minutes the other yeah, night. Yeah, four and a half? Which, four and a I mean, half, baby. Let's round down to four. Respect, though. 240 seconds? Let's go, dog. She definitely didn't get a wetty on that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do we talk about shutties, though? Love it. I will be saying that. Why don't I remember that. what shutties, shutties are? So those were the two moments that took me out. Those are the only two dialogue moments that took me out were shutties and you give me such a wetty. And they both happen right before she's about to devour a dude. And I don't know why that was the choice. But it. listen, I'm old enough now that I'll hear teenagers talk and I'm like, that's what they're that's what they say. That's the slang. That's what mm-hmm. that's how they talk now. And then I am like, I didn't know I was that old. I didn't know I felt this way. <laughs> but Why don't I, wait, I don't remember what Shuddy's are. Shuddy's is, she's in the woods with Jonas and she, he starts talking about Craig and she goes, Shuddy's, like, don't talk. Like, hush. We're going to fuck, but I'm really going to kill you. Ugh. Okay, when, when that movie came out, I was 19. So I wasn't like super far removed from like the cool lingo, but this was not that. This is exactly what I was talking about in the beginning. Was like, sh- this was written like if people were talking like this, and nobody was. Yeah, I'm gonna especially step in because Diablo famously sets most of her shit in Minnesota, including this. And I was born and raised in Minnesota. This movie came out when I was 18, meaning it was written when I was about the same age as all of them. And I can tell you for sure that <laughs> no one said shutties, quetties. <laughs> Uh, crossing out or crossing your name out or any of that shit. Uh, well, you're not a teenage girl. I was. I talked to them. What's as the far as I know. <laughs> salty was a real term because I remember being in college with a girl from Ohio and she would say salty. And I was like, well, what's that? And this must have been two years before again, that movie came again, out. Again, high schooler in Minnesota, not once had I heard the term salty. In reference to someone's physical attractiveness. Yeah, salty means something different. When was the first time you heard fetch? You know what I mean? Like, just because she put it in the movie doesn't mean... Stop trying to make salty happen, Rashawn. It'll never happen. (laughs) I stand by my point, which is that this is the language that Needy and Jennifer... Nobody else talks like that. So I I buy it. That's for sure. And nobody... the nicknames they have for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like, though, this movie like for example when clueless came out i mean i i think we were all like too young to really like jump on saying the the lines from that but i feel like in that time those people were saying those lines as something cool and i feel like this movie ch- is trying to be that but it never caught on like i feel like people wanted she wanted to make a movie that people could quote and it never got there I think I disagree because I think she already did that. I, I think in Juno where she uses her script to kind of make these catchphrases and these quotable lines, I think she mm-hmm. uses it in Jennifer's body to establish the strong bond that they have with each other and less so to make sh- make quips that everyone will use. Um, another Minnesota gripe coming in. Um, and I know this is not Diablo's fault because she just wrote it. She didn't direct it or edit it. But there are some serious thermal inconsistencies for a movie set in Minnesota. <laughs> so let's work our way back from the end, right? All it's, right. It's, it's the spring formal. One can assume prom. That's probably April-ish, give or take, right? Yeah. April, May. April, May. We'll say mid-April. When Jennifer and Chip are walking to this chernobyl set piece you can see their breath which is okay sure it's chilly it's minnesota it's nighttime maybe not that chilly but maybe it's a cold night the terrorizing has been happening for two-ish months now maybe Mm -hmm. a little more so that's mid-march mid-february we're saying the fire happens mid-february 
I don't know, Valentine's Day. Let's say it happens Valentine's Day. It was too warm outside for the sacrifice, for the outside fire. I needed snow. I needed I needed slush. I needed what? icicles. I needed to see their breath, and I got none of that. Josh, what the hell? <laughs> Let you me needed slush. I needed slush. It's February in Minnesota. Everything's wet. Everything no. is wetty. <laughs> no. No. The ground. No. The, no. There needs to be frost on the trees, especially next to a waterfall. Hello? I'm ge- I'm keeping wetty. I'm keeping shuddy. <laughs> Done. I'm crossing you all out. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is not Diablo's fault because you just wrote it. This is a filmmaker's fault. There's uh, uh, major thermal inconsistencies in this movie, and it bothered me. But are we talking about a movie about weather here? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> not at all, Kayla. Not at all. It, the weather for me, I th- would not have added to this movie or taken away. I'm sorry if I want to be immersed in my cinema. <laughs> <laughs> if I see, if you're going to go out of your way to tell me this fucking town is in Minnesota, prove it. I will say, though, like, even with all of my issues with, like, clarification throughout the storyline the world has been built and i'm here for the adventure you know i'm here for jk simmons having a claw and it never being talked about i am here for a ritual sacrifice that catapults this band into stardom all of that being said you have like rashawn has said to me multiple times in the past you have to just like buy into it just watch the movie and enjoy it so (laughs) he's sweating over there (laughs) i was waiting for what nervous i was like what did i say so like that didn't i mean i understand as a minnesotan that might bother you a little bit but like the world has been built and you're not going into this story looking for realism you right. you're not in this movie looking for things to be realistic also snow is a bitch to film in so. yeah, it is. <laughs> it's expensive especially for the lack of clothing everyone yeah. was wearing does this mean we can talk about jk simmons now yeah yes <laughs> the claw great little part he can do no wrong in my eyes i fucking love jk simmons it reeked of like that's such a a horror trend is the sort of comedy relief authority figure that has a very specific character character trait that really never gets explained. But if it like like it Henry Winkler and Scream, if it's done properly, I'm yeah, about it just it. works. Also, the last the last shot is um, Lance Henriksen. He's a pretty big horror icon. He's in Pumpkinhead and. Near dark, the guy that picks meaty up mm-hmm. on the side of the road. I knew I, that had to be somebody. Yeah, like that. That was too. Hey, the the shot, the framing was too. Hey, look at this guy for it. But I didn't know. I was like, is this Freddy Krueger? Because of the little fedora. <laughs> I wasn't sure. It was you some... know damn well that was not. <laughs> little crossover. I'm being petty on purpose because I actually didn't. I didn't hate this movie. I if I had to give it a thumbs up or thumbs down, I'd probably give it a thumbs up. I don't foresee myself rewatching it anytime soon, but I will say I think it's with the caveat of Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox's performances. I think they carry this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the secret Amy Sedaris cameo. Mm. Oh my that god, so underused. Should have been utilized more. Poor <laughs> tough mama bear. Well, it's I turned to Josh during the dance, and I was like, I don't like everyone else's. Dressed normally for 2009's formal dance. Why is Amanda Seyfried in this like gallant 80s? 80s? And he was like, well, because of her mom. And I'm like, it's Amy Sedaris. And we, she maybe had a total of two minutes screen time. Like, I want more crazy mom. Right. Give me more crazy mom. There's like, it's a 2000s movie with like a slight 80s sheen over. It's very subtle. There's a shot where... Uh, Jennifer's in leg warmers. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's yeah. very subtle. If but if you look for it, like it's there. You know what it kind of reminds me of is in Napoleon Dynamite when they have this kind of eighties mm-hmm. aesthetic. Yeah. Yep. The main girl character, yeah. but it's completely set today. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. It feels like that was another. There feels like a lot of 
discarded B plots in this movie. Mm. Like the more for the kids, more for the mom. Well, talking about that, the the devil's kettle hole. I wanted more info on. I know we see the knife at the yeah. end, but I mean, really it's cool. it's obvious that it, they the the knife was going to come out eventually. Like that that's that's uh, prediction one hundred and one. But I expected it to be more important like it's cool that she found it or whatever but i was gonna say the way she walks up on it i feel like she knew it was there like she wasn't like oh what's that like it was just like oh there's my knife <laughs> i didn't put that together i mean yes after i was like oh yeah okay spit it back out but i feel like the directing or like the acting choice right there it just seemed so like no oh, there's that knife i left there a couple months ago like it just was so i don't know again i've I know that I read too much in this thing sometimes, <laughs> but I think the waterfall and the knife and like coming out at the end and resurfacing, it's all very like, you know, kids talk about sex and they don't have it. And did you know that so-and-so had sex and this happened to them? And like Jennifer went into the woods and had sex with this band. And it's very much like this kind of thinly veiled metaphor for how teenagers look at sex when they don't know what it is and like do you know about this really big watering hole in the woods that like sucks things up and you never know where it goes and then like the knife goes in there and it doesn't pop back up until the end overanalyzing as hell i know but it's i also have seen this movie like i said five or six times (laughs) where i'm like seeing new things what okay mr metaphor what do the orange balls represent people's virginities <laughs> oh he went there <laughs> that was just a science project that's what i was gonna say i was like that's it was it. a science project josh <laughs> that, that was a science project they were actual scientists yeah yeah that was their project they are scientists science project Doing a experiment. science project is a diorama of a volcano <laughs> that you put up in the fucking gym okay it was a, a science, science experiment <laughs> A scientific project. Does that make it sound better? No. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's coming from you. We haven't even talked about the commentary on grief and how people, like this groupthink mentality of how people see death in a town or like how people take grief on as their own and the way people just take the Through the Trees song and they're just like, yeah, I'm grieving so hard for this person that I don't even know. And then everyone has like candleside vigils and they're singing through the trees every 15 minutes. And it's just like, yeah, if you think anything different than that, you're seen as insensitive or a jerk. But the whole town as a whole is like, we have to grieve for these people that we lost. Right. And like, I feel like she's kind of poking fun at, that was my favorite, I think, message of the whole movie because, yeah. especially when uh, Colin dies, she's like, "Grief was last month. We're pre- we're planning the spring formal." Like she said, "All right, mm-hmm. everyone, grieving became a sort of a, a something you did for your image instead of actually grieving," mm-hmm. uh, which I think, and I again, this is now it's my turn to look too into things like Rashawn, but when she mentioned when. When Chip mentions how the Jonas's mom was just catatonic, she's ice cold, she's not doing anything, that that image up against everyone openly grieving and sobbing and playing this music kind of spoke volumes, I think. That was my favorite message and part of the movie was how it handled the idea of grieving online or in public which mm-hmm. i took as online or on social media which i'm a cynic so i was all about it can be like really performative yeah, yeah that's the word is it yeah it's just performative grief uh i've saved my indefensible card for the end do you want to hear it yeah let's wrap this up with a josh moment <laughs> <laughs> you cannot defend them including an Indian character to give him no lines, make fun of him, and then kill yeah. him twice. 2009 was a different time, guys. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's... Know. I just wanted to end on a win. But like <laughs> I said, I won't... I won't. 
I won't. I won't. I went for who? Yeah. Not for him. <laughs> for me. Not for Ahmed. Yeah, not for him. Not for Ahmed. Yeah. But like I said, that's it's the same with this movie dropping like eight R bombs. It's like it's hard. I can't. You can't ever fully critique a comedy because comedy and what is considered funny changes about every three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I won't actually hold it against it. But that was pretty brutal. Yeah. She gets in a line about getting her nails done. That's also a little. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And maybe like the World Trade shooters. Maybe like not. Not that. Not great. Not great. Also, the not joke great. about oh, Tower One's not full enough. Yeah. She comes yeah. back from the bar, exactly. and that immediately was immediately you're pre-demon like pre-demon Jennifer. Ugh. Yeah. And then she just leaves them on the counter. Sorry, that also really and bothered they me. Don't She's even like, turn brown. Yeah. Like she said. <laughs> She's I, like, you have to drink them fast. Let me hold them for five minutes and then I'm going to leave them here. It's such a little thing. Speaking of that bar scene, it's such a little thing that this level of continuity was maintained, but I was so impressed by it that the the following scene after the fire, which would have been shot days, weeks, or months before or after when Needy was on the phone calling Chip, she still had the X, the permanent marker X on her hand just shouts out to the script supervisor for that I think that was also direction because when she's going down to check the kitchen mm-hmm. she's walks by a few crosses so there's a lot of mm-hmm. religious iconography throughout the movie um, but if when she's going down and she has the phone it her X is a cross it's also a uh uh tie into the cross out needy cross out jennifer and then needy again at the end of the film crossing out jennifer on the stomach before they have their little aerial well fuck me i thought it was just good continuity (laughs) you can also see it on jennifer's hand when she pushes needy into the wall for the first time when she before she decides not to eat her so you can see it there too yeah there's a lot of um crucifixes and religious things what is the vomit why is it spiky why is it the Venom symbiote? No. <laughs> why it's is just it, evil. Why is this a, why is I, this a prequel to I Venom? I think this is a commentary on semen, you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Say the line. Say the line, Rashawn. All right, you guys want to play a game? Yes. Yeah, yeah, always. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I just guessing game. We are going to play a little trivia. It's quick and painless, Lacey, I promise. Wait, we have a guest. Okay, tap out. No. I was I was actually going to ask Josh to tap out and have the three ladies go head to head. Give me something then so I can feel like I won. (laughs) Ask me a trivia question on my own that I can get right. Josh. Yeah. Who directed Jennifer's body? <laughs> Don't look so, it why up. Why are you looking? Googling. Karen Kusama. What's uh, what? What? I didn't hear any rules. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Can I answer and get an extra point? You just did. What do you mean? I already answered. Oh. <laughs> Mella, come on. You know you're Unreal. not. You know you won't be at last, okay? Okay. Uh, this week... In the spirit of Jennifer's Body, a horror movie directed by a woman, written by a woman, starring women, we are going to have a little trivia between the three women on the show this week. Ooh, ooh. Ow! All horror-themed. Oh, no. No. <laughs> For the most part, on horror movies centered on women as well. Mella, Kayla, Lacey, are we ready? Mel, ready. Right. <laughs> yes, go. First one. Name the other horror film that Karen Kusama directed. Um, he's looking. He's looking. Yeah, I'm looking. Can we have a hint yeah. before we call in Josh? Um. Yes. Can I give the hint? Yes. Uh, Josh no. can give the hint. Fuck yeah. Help me out. Okay, okay, okay. Josh is going to be like, it was released in right. 2012. It's a 2015 horror film. Oh, she did that one? Mm-hmm. Cute. I um, will say 
Actually, you go, and I'll give a hint if yours sucks. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? Because <laughs> I just had a gut instinct to just say the title. So please go. <laughs> it is set at a dinner party. No, Lacey? this is totally wrong. I'm out. It's so what wrong. What is it? It's so wrong. <laughs> Would you rather? No, that's very close, uh... though. Similar. Kayla? I know this is wrong, but I was going to say ready or not. That was incorrect. <sighs> yeah. I was Mela, for the... To complete the guess. There is a 100% chance that Mela has not seen this. She has. We watched it. Oh, wait. She doesn't remember it. No, maybe we didn't. Dinner party? Mm-hmm. What they eat? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's a good question. In the Hollywood Hills. Oh, my goodness. Dinner party? Fuck. It is the 2015 movie The Invitation. Oh, no. Blank um, stare from Mella, dude. I told you. I seen it. I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. right. It's a great flick. I recommend. Okay. Next question. We are at zero points apiece. <laughs> Let's go, ladies. We're doing great. Question number two. Megan Fox joined the cast of New Girl as a pharmaceutical rep, Reagan. Name a horror movie starring another famous Reagan. Lacey. The Exorcist. That is correct. Yeah! That's a good question. Yeah. Damn it. I know I had given up because I was like, I've never watched New Girl. This is Mella's. <laughs> but I got it. Question three. Amanda Seyfried starred in Red Riding Hood in 2011. Name a horror movie about two close female friends who encounter a werewolf. This might be an invitation situation in that I don't know if anyone has seen it. Great. (laughs) I will give you a hint. It is a type of cookie. The gingerbread man. That's not my guess. Is that my guess? The gingerbread man? Ginger snaps. I'll take oh, it. Ginger oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> By default, I'll take it. Wow. Jesus. See, Lacey freaking out and she's in the lead. Oh, right? God. Okay. Adam Brody plays a tragic brother in law in what 2019 horror thriller? <laughs> Kayla? Ready or not? There we go. Yes. <laughs> so good. The one I know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Adam Brody an eyeliner any day. <laughs> this movie, when they showed him immediately after playing a Panic at the Disco song, I was like, oh, that's what they're trying yeah. to do. Do you know they politely declined him singing in the movie, by the way? I just Oof. thought he wanted to sing Through the Trees, and the director was like, I don't think so, but thank you. Oh, he's really good, but that's such a bummer. When they finished that song, I too was under a spell. Okay. Yes. All right, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Diablo Cody won an Oscar for writing 2007's Juno. What 2005 thriller did Elliot Page star in with Patrick Wilson about a 14-year-old girl trapping and torturing a possible predator? Mella. Hard candy. That is correct. Let's go. Well done. Got a race. Lacey in the lead with two. Kayla and Mel also have one point apiece. Winning by default. I'll (laughs) take it. Next question. Kyle Golner plays Colin Gray, one of Jennifer's victims. He also starred as a victim in what 2010 horror remake? Mella. Uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. That is correct. Oh, shit. Come on, baby. I gotta make a list of horror films to watch, clearly. (laughs) Thanks, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Last question. What horror classic t-shirt does Jennifer wear when she seduces Needy? I know it. Mella. (laughs) Evil Dead. That is correct. Let's go. <laughs> I wanted to win. 
Which means congratulations, Mela. You are Woo! the horror queen. She's the final girl. The final girl. You're the final You're the girl. Final girl. Hey. <laughs> Wrapping things up. I think we can all confidently say that Jennifer's Body is a beautifully complicated movie that has some lines that probably don't age well, some dialogue and some lingo that is very much of its time, but we are all big fans of the lead performance. We're all big fans of the director and the screenwriter, and we all would love more female-led, female-created horror films. Absolutely. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation, where we connect an actor from this week's film to an actor from next week's film. Kayla, would you love to play along? I hope. I would love to play. Awesome. Who can find the fastest connection between Amanda Seyfried and Jennifer Garner? get stuck up on one movie and it's like stopped it i think i have it oh of course hold on let See, me hold, she, wait she says that to throw y'all off i know i know okay she does what i do in trivia i do <laughs> no just like watching mella think about this no, delete it. Keep she going. No. <laughs> Backspace. Backspace. <laughs> okay, hold on. I got it in six. A messy fucking six. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Amanda Seyfried, correct me if I'm wrong, was in Mamma Mia, right? Yes! Mm -hmm. With Colin yeah. Firth. Lead. Who was in Kingsman, Secret Service with Samuel L. Who was in Avengers with Chris Hemsworth? Who was in Thor Ragnarok with Matt Damon? Uh, who was in like a hundred things with Ben Affleck? Who was in Daredevil with Jennifer Garner? <laughs> okay, can I try mine? Can anyone Please do better mine? than six? Okay. Oh no. I can with Josh's. Yeah, I was gonna use Josh's, like, what? Yeah. No, Molly, you go. No, you go. it's, like, up to Colin Firth. He was in A Single Man with um, Julianne Moore. Yes. Who was in The Kids Are All Right with Mark Ruffies, who was in Marvel. <laughs> or who's I in, mean, who was in, in less. Who was 13 in Going 30, On 30. 30. Got it That's in what less. 13 Going uh, On 30. With... What you got, Kayla? Here we go, Kayla. So, starting with Colin Firth, if you connect it to Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore was in a movie called Chloe with Amanda Seyfried. There, it is. there you yes. go. Yes. Could you do it in less than three, Lacey? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very matter of fact. But Josh, you said Thor Ragnarok with who did you say? Matt Damon. With Matt Damon instead of Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a... Hulk. He's in Ragnarok. Yeah, but how do I get to Mark from Mark Luffalo? 13, 13 going, going on 30. 30. Yeah. I'm sorry I forgot about 13 going on 30. <laughs> you should be sorry you forgot Don't about that. Don't say that on this podcast, bro. Girl, that's a classic. Classic. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Kayla. Yes? Yeah, yeah I mean, I yes. got it first, Woo! but whatever. Yeah, I, I would have only, only got it from Josh. She did what you did, but better. Can you tell us what you're working on, what's next, what you would love people to tune in for, anything you're working on? Yeah, uh, I can say and plug legally as much as I can of this show, but uh, we are currently working on season two of Star Trek Lower Decks, and you can watch the entire first season on CBS All Access. Yay! Yeah. Where can we follow you, Kayla? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ms. Kayla Pavia, or you can find me on Instagram at Ms. Kayla Pavia. Beautiful. 
thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you thank so you much for having me. Yeah, this was you. great, you guys. Thank you. You were awesome. So please come back. I will, and I'll make sure I have a lot more horror film knowledge next time I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should talk about a musical next time, you guys. We keep talking about Ooh, La La Land. It's going to happen at some point. We do. Oh, girl. Bet. It's going to happen. That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and like, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you want to show us some love, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. From Lacey, from Rashawn. I'm not- <laughs> I don't know. Keep going. Keep going. Wow. Ah, do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. From, from Lacey. Rashawn. Josh. Lacey. And Melon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. And some of us, all of us, will catch you (laughs) next week.